All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning in. Once again, my name is Mark Morell. And if you're tuning in to our program and our broadcast, we thank you for doing just that and listening to us on your favorite streams, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, Podbeam, CastBox, Deezer, Tuned In, and Podcast Addict. Now, I got a lot I want to get into, but before we get started, um, I want to levitate these sh- this here episode <clears throat> to two fallen um, people in the world of entertainment. One, the natural Butch Reed, who passed away a couple of weeks ago. For many of you who are um, followers of a pro wrestling and being this is um, Black History Month, the contributions of black wrestling is huge and should never go unnoticed. Butch Reed, of course, was a big star in the Mid-South area. He was also one that got his start in the same dojo with um, Hiro Matsuda. He was one of his trainers. Um, He was in this, I guess he was probably in the same class with uh, Hogan, but he comes from that same school with Hogan, Ron Simmons, his uh, future tag team partner. Uh, and a bunch of others. So, um, Butch Reed will definitely be missed. He was a former NWA World Tag Team Champion. He was a Florida Heavyweight Champion. He was Southern Heavyweight Champion. Um, he was the Mid-South North American Heavyweight Champion. And I believe he was the Mid-America Champion as well. He also held the NWA, I mean the Mid-South Tag Titles with um, Jim Duggan. They also had the battle of the name Hacksaw. He was in Broad with a big feud with um, Junkyard Dog, of course. Um, he was the reason why Junkyard Dog was driven out of um, Mid-South to go to the WWF. He also held the... Oh, I went to say he held those tag belts with um, Jim the Anvil Nyhart. Um, so that was a very interesting team. With them two, of course, um, he comes to the WWF. He's uh, managed by the Doctor of Style Slick. He goes on to become a threat to both the Intercontinental and the World Heavyweight Championships. At the time, the belts respectively was held by both Hulk Hogan and Macho Man Randy Savage. And he was in some most notable feuds with superstar Billy Graham, Tito Santana, uh, <clears throat> Pedro Morales, and, of course, um, Hogan. And rumor had it at one point in time, Butch Reed was actually in line to win the Intercontinental Championship from Ricky Steamboat, but we all know what happened. Um, Butch Reed didn't show up, and... You know, they decided to go with the Honky Tonk Man to win the title. And he would then go on to participate in the first rounds of the WWF World Championship Tournament back in 1988. um, Losing to Randy Savage, going on to be eliminated out of the tournament. And then he made his way back down to the National Wrestling Alliance while they were um, making this shift to become the... World Championship Wrestling and him and Ron Simmons would go on to form Doom and they would go on to win 
the NWA World Tag Team Championships, making them the first ever African-Americans to win the NWA slash WCW World Tag Team titles. They beat the Steiner brothers for the belts. So that was history there. And then, of course, he went on to feud with Ron Simmons after um, <clears throat> Simmons turned babyface. Uh, Butch Reed has gone on to do a bunch of things, uh, went on to train people, went on to do some stuff with Harley Race. Butch Reed has done quite a bit. And I believe that he may be in the WWE um, Hall of Fame. If not, you know, it's a shame that he isn't. But if he is, um, it, it's great. But Butch Reed will sadly be missed. He was a big influence to a lot of the black heel wrestlers in professional wrestling. So rest in peace to the natural Butch Reed. And also um, for the hip hop heads out there, Prince Marky D from the Fat Boys um, passed away. For those of you who may not be familiar with the Fat Boys, the Fat Boys, a.k.a. the Disco 3, were Brooklyn MCs from East New York. Um, known for brr, stick em. fat boys are back. Um, they got their big notoriety being in the Crush Groove movie with, uh, Run DMC, Sheila E, Curtis Blow, Blair Underwood, Russell Simmons, LL Cool J, um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, Rick Rubin, everybody who's everybody in the world of hip hop, they were in this movie, New Edition as well, um, this was at the time when um, the hip-hop movies were a big thing while rap was um, taking this thing all over the globe um, going forward. But I digress. Prince Marky D, one-third of the Fat Boys. Um, the surviving member of that group is <clears throat> Cool Rock Ski, who's no longer in New York. I don't know where he is at this moment. But um, I dedicate this um, episode to Cool Rock Ski. Now, I want to get into talking about a couple of things that's going on in, in New Japan Pro Wrestling. Um, it was a, an eventful week. There was a lot going on. So, I just want to get right into it. Okay? So, the first thing I'm going to talk about is New Japan Pro Wrestling and CMLL will continue to have a fruitful and successful relationship and partnership. Now... For the last 12 years, New Japan and CMLL have had um, a successful partnership. And these gr these groups have been doing shows between both countries on their big, big shows. Uh, guys like Liger, Tanahashi, Naito, Hiromu, um, Master Wato, and so many others have had their excursions down to Mexico and stuff like that to... Um, be a part of the Lucha Libre style, learn the Lucha Libre style, and bring it back to New Japan. And such guys like Mystico, Mestiz, um, La Sombra, and so many others had come to New Japan to make a name for themselves there. Um, in the process of that, you know, you would have joint shows going on, including Fantastico Mania, which will always take place in January. But, of course, due to the uh, pandemic, uh, travel restrictions and so forth. Uh, there was no way that we were going to get a Fantastical Mania this year. So if you go to the New Japan World website, you will see both presidents 
of both organizations had signed the extension contract to make sure that their relationships stay fruitful and that they will continue to do shows going forward through the next couple of years. Now, I'm curious to know, where does all this fit in, being that everyone's talking about the Forbidden Door angle right about now with New Japan, you know, partnering with AEW, who's partnering up with Impact, who they're partnered with AAA, and of course, the NW, I mean, the NWA as well. And where does <clears throat> CMLL fit in, in in all of this? We'll talk about that later as um, Tom progress. But congratulations to the continued partnership between the New Japan Pro Wrestling and CMLL. The junior heavyweight division. Let's talk about the juniors right now real quick. There's a lot that I want to get into talking about. Pardon me for a second. Needed to get, <clears throat> clear my throat real quick. We're going to start off with Hiromu Takahashi. Hiromu Takahashi has released the Junior Heavyweight Championship or had to surrender it for the second time. Hiromu was, or Hiromu was diagnosed with a torn left pectoral muscle or right pectoral muscle. And he was scheduled to take on El Fantasmo at Castle Attack in a singles match. So he would not be able to defend the title. He had to surrender the belt um, a couple of days ago. By the time you hear this, it was almost about a, nearly a week, week and a half or so, give or take. Uh, he was scheduled to take on El Fantasmo at Castle Attack, but that's not going to happen. Now, the last time that he surrendered the Junior Heavyweight Championship... It was when he broke his neck in 2018 in California in a match against Dragon Lee. He will be out for at least four to six months. And now, according to Sugar Bayashi, the chairman of New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, the belt will be determined in a three-way dance between El Desperado, Bushi, and El Fantasmo. This match was announced right after the junior heavyweight tag team title match ended as the Suzuki-gun team of Kanemaru and El Desperado won the titles from the Bullet Club, Taji Shimori, and El Fantasmo. We're talking about the junior tag belts. Now, where does all of this fit in with the junior heavyweight title? So like we, like I just said, Hiromu is going to be out for a little bit. He's going to be out for a while. He had to surrender the title. Either they were going to strip him the belt or they were going to make him surrender it. And the only thing that they could do was to have him surrender the championship so that they can determine the new champion. Now, in the process of them determining their new champion, you have to look at the rank and the build of the division. You have to look at um, who are the top contenders for the belt. You have to look at uh, all of the guys that are involved in the division at this stage of the game. And the way to look at it is really simple. The best way to go about doing that, they could have did a tournament. But if you look at the junior heavyweight division in New Japan at this stage of the game, it's kind of thin. You have Bullet Club's juniors in um, Taji Shimori and El Fantasmo. El Fantasmo definitely will fit in there because he is the number two contender for the belt. 
actually currently he's the number one contender for the junior heavyweight title due to the following things one he just recently won the junior heavyweight tag belts and they lost them right he's also a two-time um top of the super juniors um or best of the super juniors or no super j cup winner excuse me he is a two-time Super J Cup winner, so he's definitely in line to get a shot at the junior heavyweight title. He's at the top of the list. Um, you got Kanemaru, um, but Kanemaru is um, in his utility position as a tag wrestler, so there's no need for him to be in the title picture. Um, Bushi, as the junior heavyweight standout for LIJ, it would make sense for him to be involved in the tournament because he may have a good shot of winning the belt and it would be good to see it on him. But I think, and this is just me, I think that my pick, the guy that's going to take it is going to be um, El Desperado. And I mentioned that in a couple of episodes a while back why I think that El Desperado is going to be the man to <clears throat> be the face of the junior heavyweight division this year for the Japanese contingent for New Japan Pro Wrestling. Now, you have the other junior heavyweights that are kind of like sitting around and they're not really doing much with them right now, such as um, uh, Yodosuji, um, who's involved in tag matches and stuff at this moment. You got Doki from Suzuki Gun. You know, he's the... Um, Basically, the utility guy for them. You also got um, Show from Chaos. He could have um, definitely been in there, but he's not in this match simply because of him being knocked off in the match against Hiromu. And I believe that might... No, that wasn't the match where Hiromu got hurt. It was actually a tag match prior to the um, Castle Attack shows. So, um, it's a shame that Show's not involved in the... Um, the matchup <clears throat> um, in this opportunity for the junior heavyweight championship. Uh, let me see here. If I had to pick and choose, you know, a couple other guys that they can pull in there. I mean, they can pull in uh, Robbie Eagles. They can bring him back in. Um, they can bring in. Uh, let me see. Who else could they bring in? Well, of course, Taji Shimori, because he's a former champion. You know, he would fit in good with that. Uh, and they can probably pull um, Shingo Takagi and put him back in to the junior heavyweight division. But right now, he's still in the picture with the never open weight title, although he's not the never open weight champion, but he's still kind of there, fluctuating there. <clears throat> now, interestingly enough, Dietrich and I were having a talk. Oh, I forgot. Master Watto. Master Watto got bumped off um, a couple of shows back. And he almost had a shot at the junior heavyweight title. And so does um, Taguchi Ryusuke. He should be in line also to get a crack at the belt. And then Rocky Romero. But now I want to talk about this. Because a while back, me and Dietrich was talking online about what New Japan USA can do to boosted their ranks because a lot of the cats at the new japan um la dojo and those that are um competing on the strong shows they're all junior heavyweights 
you got Leo Rush, you got Danny Limelight, you have the DKG, you have um, Kevin Knight. Well, he's a young lion right about now. Um, DKG is a is a young lion right about now. You have the Regal Twins. Um, you have so many guys over there in the strong division um, that can definitely benefit not only in the um, the junior heavyweight divisions in both singles and tags, um, definitely both in singles and tags. Also, a couple of names I got to throw out there. Got to bring in Rocky Romero. Rocky Romero is looking to become IWGP junior heavyweight champion and a good way to do that is to would have been to be involved in in the match so that he can get a crack at the title but i'm going to go back to state that um i think maybe kanamaru might be the one to walk out with the title if not him um my, i'm not going to say my dark horse is bushi but my other favorite definitely is el fantasmo so i'm expecting for el fantasmo to walk out with the title but if not, I'm definitely going with Bushi. And that goes without saying. So, speedy recovery to Hiromu Takahashi. Hopefully, he'll be back in one piece so that he can do what he needs to do. Now, let's talk about the... Actually, I'm not going to talk about that right about now. I want to talk about... um. Chase Owens, Chase Owens, of course, if many of you who are paying attention to the New Japan shows, Chase Owens recently became the Texas heavyweight champion. And right now he's currently feuding with um, Yano Toru and he's looking to challenge him for the King of Pro Wrestling Championship trophy. And they're going to take on each other, at, believe at the Castle Attack shows would have taken each other on in the Castle Attack shows um, for the trophy in a Texas strap match, turnbuckle match, where, of course, the straps is there, and then you got to touch all of the turnbuckles. But, of course, you can use the turnbuckles as weapons as well. But I want to give you guys a brief history of that Texas heavyweight title. Um, for many of you who, who are familiar with your belt history, the Texas heavyweight title has been around for a very long time. It's probably one of the oldest championship belts next to the NWA and the WWF world heavyweight titles. It was definitely one of the top territory uh, championship belts that was a part of the National Wrestling Alliance. The belt definitely stayed between um, the Houston office and the Amarillo office and the Fort Worth office. And when I talk about those offices, I'm talking about those territories. Uh, Fort Worth was ran by the Von Erichs. Uh, Amarillo, of course, by the Funks. And of course, um, Houston, uh, I believe it was um, uh, Sam Mushnick, I believe. I, I gotta look that up. But most notably, the Texas heavyweight title um, has been the, the championship that meant a lot within the Texas region. Anybody who's everybody who's ever traveled the territories and has wrestled in Texas, um, they have vied for the Texas heavyweight title. And of course, when you're the Texas champion, you accumulate enough wins, you get a chance to take on the NWA world champion at the time. So case in point, if the 
NWA champion was a heel and he took on the babyface, the Texas champion got a shot at that belt. So I'm going to run down a couple of names for, of um, Texas champions, including uh, Fritz Von Erich, Dory Funk Sr., Dory Funk Jr., Terry Funk, um, most of the Von Erich boys. I think Kevin and Kerry and David also held the Texas title. Uh, Brickhouse Brown held the Texas title. Gino Hernandez. And here's a name that I'm going to pull out the hat that many of you might not even be aware of. Um, of a guy being the Texas champion, and that would be the Ultimate Warrior. I think Stan Hansen and maybe Bruiser Brody might have been Texas champion as well. Um, Jose Lothario was the Texas champion, got to mention him. And I believe uh, Mondo Guerrero might have held the Texas heavyweight title as well. So, But that belt's been around for many, many years, and... Uh, Chase Owens just recently won the belt. So congrats to him. So he's been wearing the belt at the New Japan shows um, as of recent. Um, let's talk about the match with Moxley and Kenta. So now the match did take place and John Moxley retained the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. He is was able to defend the title on New Japan Strong thanks to the quote-unquote forbidden door um, policy now being broken with uh, AEW guys being able to show up on New Japan Pro Wrestling shows. Uh, AEW guys can go to New Japan. New Japan can come to um, AEW and also um, Impact Wrestling and so forth. But I want to talk about that for a second. So it was a big deal a couple of weeks ago when Kenta... Uh, came to attack John Moxley on Dynamite, hitting him with the GTS, and setting up the tag match the following week between him and Kenny Omega, taking on John Moxley and um, Lance Archer. Interestingly enough, all four guys definitely had their history around the IWGP US Heavyweight Title. Uh, Kenta winning the New Japan USA Cup last year, granted him the number one contendership to become the number one challenger for the IWGP US belt. Kenny Omega was the first IWGP US heavyweight champion, winning the tournament, defeating Tomohiro Ishii to win the the, the US belt. Uh, of course, Moxley, two-time and still reigning and defending US champion. The last title defense that he had successfully was last year, right before the world shut down. He beat uh, Minoru Suzuki to retain the U.S. heavyweight title, and he retained the U.S. belt against Kenta in a knockdown dragout fight. And of course, Lance Archer, he won the U.S. belt from uh, Juice Robinson because the belt was vacant. And then he went on to drop the belt at night two to Lance Archer last year um, at Wrestle Kingdom. So now, it was a great match. It was a great, great, great match between both guys. And in the end, John Moxley hit the Death Rider on Kenta to retain the U.S. Heavyweight title. Now, going forward, what does this do now 
for the U.S. Heavyweight Championship. Now, as me and Dietrich were talking, the U.S. Heavyweight title, for the meanwhile, definitely should stay on in the U.S. John Moxley should be able to def- to defend the U.S. title against um, many of the top guys, not only in New Japan Pro Wrestling on the Japanese side, but with the guys on the American side. Some of those guys can come into Jacksonville as well, get opportunities and shots at the title. He could defend the belt against um, many of the top guys on the AEW roster, but you can also see the Japanese contingent coming in and getting a crack at the belt and him coming to the New Japan Strong Shows to um, get a shot at the title. Oh, before I continue on, also I just want to um, mention too that um, Josephus, um, the wrestler Josephus from the NWA had passed away. <clears throat> if you go to Facebook and you look on um, Aaron Stevens' um, Facebook page, um, the wrestler formerly known as Damian Sandow, the current, I believe, no, he was the former NWA um, National Heavyweight Champion, former WWE Tag Team Champion. Him and um, Josephus, they were a tag team um, known as the, you know, he was known as the question mark, but um, very hilarious character, very hilarious gimmick, but he was a threat to that NWA championship when Tim Storm was the champion. And um, although he wasn't able to win the title from uh, Tim Storm, he was a major threat. But him and Aaron Stevens formed a tag team, uh, a comedy tag team um, with him being the question mark, being a a master of martial arts and being the sensei of um, Aaron Stevens. Um, But if you really want to get to know um, the man, uh, Josephus, as I'm going to call him, um, if you saw the Bruiser Brody story on Dark Side of the Ring Season 2, Josephus played the role of the late, great Bruiser Brody, Frank Goddish. So, um, rest in peace to um, Josephus, a.k.a. the question mark, who is... Um, now deceased, unfortunately, so, um, sorry about the news about him. So now, another set of news. Leo Rush won the AAA light heavyweight title. A great feat for him, Leo Rush. For many of you who know, Leo Rush was, um, released from WWE, uh, last year, after being hired back from, you know, allegedly quitting for what had happened with him with a financial dispute with the WWE. Feeling that he wasn't getting his just due as far as like money wise and stuff is concerned. Uh, they weren't going to do nothing with Leo anyway. Uh, he is a, I believe, a two time cruiserweight champion. Um, which was as, only as far as he was going to go. He was a good talker, good on the microphone. You know, the moth, a.k.a. the man of the hour, made his uh, return to New Japan um, Pro Wrestling, wrestling on the N- 
JPW Strong Shows, competing in the um, the Best of the Super Juniors um, in the U.S. And um, he did pretty good in that, but he just recently won the AAA uh, Light Heavyweight title, and he's currently holding that along with the MLW um, Championship as well, so... That's what's happening there with that. So congratulations to him. Um, so he's definitely making moves in New Japan Strong. And hopefully he'll get an opportunity to go after that IWGP Junior Heavyweight title. KG Muto. Although it's not New Japan related news, but I got to talk about it. Because when you talk New Japan Pro Wrestling, you got to mention, you got to talk about KG Muto and just his history in general. Um, he's one of the cornerstones of New Japan, although he's freelance at the moment right now. He's still running the, um, Wrestle One promotion. But of course, you know, as he's freelancing and doing his thing, Keiji Muto recently became the GHC heavyweight champion. Now, as we live in a time of ageism, especially here in the U.S., where people are kind of tired of seeing the older wrestlers come in and take main event spots and um, take titles and get title opportunities and things of this nature for championship belts in the U.S. or WrestleMania spots and all this other whatnot. You got to give props to KG Muto for winning the Global Honor Crown. Muto had now become not only a precedent maker, but he set the goal right about now. He is the only Japanese wrestler to win the top singles titles, the top singles championships in Japanese wrestling, right? He was the IWGP heavyweight champion um, three times. He's held the greatest 18 title. He also won the NWA World Heavyweight title as well. And he held that along with the IWGP belt at the same time. He's also a former All Japan Triple Crown champion and a G1 Climax winner, naturally. And, of course, um, he was the Wrestle 1 uh, Heavyweight champion, you know. So, congratulations to Keiji Muto at 51 years old. Winning the GHC Global Honor Crown Championship title belt. That's a big accomplishment for him. And just to let you guys know, like, depending on who the wrestler is, I mean, there's not really a knock or problem of a person winning a big match or winning the title and still being able to go, staying in shape and doing what they're doing. I mean, listen, it wasn't but so long ago that Ricky Morton and... Bobby Gibson, they won the NWA World Tag Team titles for the 10th time. And, and, um, months prior to that, Ricky Morton won the NWA Junior Heavyweight title from Chase Owens. His pupil, so that's a big deal right there. So, um, congratulations to Keiji Muto on winning the, um, the title. So right now, lastly, before I close out, I want to talk about the um, the Forbidden Door 
angle and what's going on with this. So as we all know, uh, this is a little bit of AEW news. Um, Tony Khan is calling himself the Forbidden Door. He's tearing up the shreds and finally got, um, as one person said, his opportunity to play Fire Pro Wrestling, which I thought was hilarious as hell when I heard it. And for many of you who don't know, Fire Pro Wrestling is one of the best 2D video games in the pro wrestling genre. Nothing touches it. It has over a thousand wrestlers on the game. You can customize, but then you can also download rosters. But it has everything. And if you've been playing that game for over 20 some odd years, from the Famicom days all the way up to the PS4, PS5, Fire Pro Wrestling is definitely the go-to video game for pro wrestling. But I state that because Tony Khan has managed to broker deals with New Japan Pro Wrestling, uh, AAA, Impact, and the National Wrestling Alliance. Giving people an opportunity to work and to do things on the show so they can not have ring rust, they can do what they need to do. Of course, as you can see, um, he also has his talent jump going back and forth between um, Impact and New Japan Pro Wrestling, as you can see, and CMLL and, and AAA and the National Wrestling Alliance. So we have this thing going on right here, and um, it's crazy that it's really taking place. Now you got the Good Brothers coming in, getting involved in the uh, the angles with um, the Bucks. They're involved in this thing with uh, Kenny Omega. You have uh, Thunder Rosa and Serena Deeb still representing the NWA. They are taking part in the um, the Eliminator Tournament to challenge um, Hikaru Shida for the championship belt. You just got um, Rio coming back in and all kind of stuff. And you also got a uh, nice line of um, women from Tokyo Joshi Pro involved in the tournament as well on the Japanese brackets. So, of course... The winner from the Japanese brackets is going to take on the winner of the American brackets. And that person is going to become the number one challenger to take on Hikaru Shida for the title. Um, you also got this whole stuff with Sammy going over, Sammy Kovara going over the impact. You got the um, private party jumping over the impact and getting involved in the tag title scene. You got the good brothers going back and forth. You got a lot of stuff going on here. And, um, it's crazy how stuff is going down as far as the forbidden door because now everyone can see the dream matches. Everyone wants to see what certain guys are going to do. Now, of course, we know somewhere down the road, you're going to either see Rich Swan and Kenny Omega go for the belt, but I think that's going to be different because now um, they just also declared now Impact. They just declared that um, Moose is the... TNA World Heavyweight Champion. They sanctioned the, the TNA belt, making that an official world title. So now that is the number two belt. Rich Swan still has the Impact title. And uh, of course, everyone's talking that Kenny's going to eventually end up winning one of those titles in from Impact Wrestling. I won't be surprised if Kenny ends up walking out of Impact Wrestling with both belts. And 
they may do this thing down the road. Everyone's got this fantasy booking thing going on with Kenny Omega and stuff like that. Because I think what they would like to do is to do something with him and Kota Ibushi. Or people are hoping that they would do something with him and Kota Ibushi since they are on top of the wrestling world right now. But I think the road is going to lead to Hangman Page winning the world title from Kenny Omega. Um, so I will not be surprised with that. Naito, Naito Tetsuya has um, tweaked his knee. He's been hurt for the last couple of shows. Um, I don't know what this is going to do with his match with um, Kota Ibushi, which was supposed to take place at Castle Attack. Maybe it's taking place. I don't know. Maybe it did. I'm not too sure. But he tweaked his knee, and he was supposed to get a crack at the Intercontinental Championship belt. So um, if it's for what they said is going to be where if it's that bad, then he's going to have to sit it out for a bit. And now that puts the the championship picture in jeopardy. And now to finally close off, I want to talk about Tama Tonga. The baby face heel. That motherfucker's a beast. Uh, if you tune into what's been going on between him and Don Callis and the whole Bullet Club thing, you know, they've been like taking steaming hot dumps on one another, especially on the, uh, the promos and things like that. It's been really interesting to see how these guys are going back and forth like that. I think it's pretty funny and pretty cool that they're doing this shit because um, it's just what it is. It's hilarious to see what's going on. Tama takes a hot dump on uh, the Elite every week and um, on his podcast and also in the promos every chance he gets. Yo, Tama's on fire, man. And I think that... um. That's the dude that people need to watch. They need to really see what's going on with that. Oh, shit. I forgot about this. Finn Juice, because of this Forbidden Door thing, they're now over there in Impact Wrestling, and I think they're going to maneuver their way into getting an opportunity at the Impact Tag Team titles, and their first major feud is going to be with the Good Brothers. So it will be interesting to see how that turns out between um, Finn Juice and and the Good Brothers in tag action for those Impact Tag Team belts. So that's going to be something to keep your eye out on. If you check out Impact, you can check it out on Axis TV. And you can check it out on Twitch. So be sure to take a look at that. And of course, everyone knows the big story about um, Paul White going to AEW. Um, he's looking to... He's going to be a commentator there. They also said he has a... Um, uh, a competitive portion of the contract where he will wrestle. He'll get to do a couple of things. And, um, but he's looking to go over there to commentate on a new show, um, AEW Elevation, which is basically another dark show where some of the talents who don't get an opportunity to wrestle on dark and don't get an opportunity to wrestle on dynamite, they'll get a chance to wrestle on. Elevation, so it's going to be Tony Schiavone and Big Show. They're going to be calling the action for that. And I kind of wanted to wait to talk about this, but I think I have to talk about it right now. Um, Marty Skrull, rumor has it, Marty Skrull 
after being dropped from ROH, going to separate ways, um, an amicable split due to how things went down with the um, Me Too movement in pro wrestling uh, last year. His name came up in um, in one of the issues. Excuse me. Long day in the office. Uh, Marty Skrull definitely is a guy that is not really too popular and wanted on everyone's list. But I had to talk about this thing about the Forbidden Door. And I stayed talking about this, but I got to mention it. They say that um, he actually was at the... Um, the New Japan Strong tapings and that one of the key things that he's doing, you know, he's there checking out the show um, just to see where things is going and stuff like that. And they, it was stated by Meltzer and a couple other reporters that um, Marty Skrull is involved in an angle with Rocky Romero. So if that's what I think it is, then there's a good chance that New Japan Pro Wrestling has signed Marty Skrull to be a part of New Japan Pro Wrestling again. But they also have to check and see what happens if Marty is found guilty in these um, sexual harassment crimes or alleged sexual harassment um, charges and allegations put against him. So we have to see how that turns out and about. But I needed to talk about that real quick because um, that was right there in the head. Thank you for tuning in once again, ladies and gentlemen. So we talked about the Marty Skrull being a part of the NWA, Chase Owens winning the Texas Heavyweight title and his name being a part of the lineage of the title. Naito's hurt for a bit. Um, he might be back for Castle Attack to take on um, Kota Ibushi for the IC Championship. Um, Keiji Muto, once again, becoming the Global Honor Crown Champion. Uh, Moxley successfully retaining the United States Heavyweight Championship. Now it's about time for them to come up with new contenders for the belt and perhaps maybe those challengers would be on New Japan Strong and on the ROH, I mean, I'm about to say ROH, excuse me, the All Elite Wrestling Shows. We talked about the passing of Butch Reed and Prince Marky D from the Fat Boys. And uh, Josephus from the NWA, aka the question mark. Um, and we talked about the Forbidden Door. And we also talked about the continued partnership between the NWA, I mean, excuse me, not the NWA, but New Japan Pro Wrestling and CMLL. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you like this episode, please let me know. Uh, give it a thumbs up. Let us know what you think about the episode. Follow me and Dietrich on our respected social medias. Too many to name. But we know that we got them. But you can't email us at um, teamddod at gmail.com if you got questions, concerns, and stuff like that. We're also looking for sponsors. Um, I'm trying to work out a deal with someone. Hopefully, I can try to get something popping. Um, maybe I shouldn't have revealed that. But I'm looking to get something going with uh, uh, some people out here in Brooklyn. So, ladies and gentlemen, if you have a business... Out here in Brooklyn. And if you would like to have yourself advertised on our show, please email us at teamddod at gmail.com. 
let us know what your product is so and if it's good you know um we'll promote it on air and uh alas with that all being said and done like i said follow us on the socials continue listening to us on your favorite streams google apple spotify iHeartRadio, stitcher pod Podbean, Castbox, Deezer, Tuned In, Podcast Addict. I am Mark Morell. Thanos' um, favorite entertainment on the airwaves when he's busy collecting Infinity Gems and frying fat back with the Watcher.